Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. I'm going to jump right in here today. My name is Phil Crosby. Um, I do ministry here at Church Triumphant at times, and so I've been asked to, to give the message today, and I'm very excited about this message. Um, this is a message that kind of is near and dear to my heart. Um, if you know me and you've heard me preach or talk about God before, um, I always end up talking about the presence of God because that has been life-changing, such a real thing for me. But the other thing that I like to talk about and get into is talking about eternity in heaven. Um, those things are like um, stabilizers for me. They are things that, that help encourage me, help keep me on track. And uh, heaven is, and eternity are very real things to me. I, I draw um, a lot of inspiration from that. And so my goal is today is that um, as I talk about heaven and eternity, you will be encouraged by that too. Um, I think that oftentimes we have a false perception of what heaven is when really it should be one of the most um, exciting things for us to think about as Christians. So um, a real understanding of heaven will do many things. One thing I've found it to do is it helps me make sense of, of senseless tragedy. Um, I've been connected to several things here in the past year that just blow my mind. They just like, I can't believe it happened, just tragedy. And heaven is one of those things that helps you to kind of process that because we're not in control of life or death. We're not in control of, of choices people make. We're not in control of a lot of things, but God is. And God ties all of that to eternity. In fact, it's helpful to think about the fact that all lives were made for the next world first. And I don't think we, we look at it like that, that oftentimes. Every life that was created, every life in this room, was really created for eternity even before it was given purpose on this realm, on what we're doing now. God has plans for you for all eternity. This is just a small portion of what God has plans for you. And so that helps me keep things in perspective when we see things happen, people, lives cut short that we don't understand. What, that's a young person. What, why was their life cut short? I don't know. I don't have the answers, but God does. But I do know that every life has eternal purpose to God, and he has a plan for that life well beyond what, what they had in this realm. So um, a, a, a eternal perspective will help keep those things um, somewhat in perspective for you um, when you're looking at those things that happen that you don't understand. Living with an eternal perspective will also help you um, look at things through the lens of eternity, and it will keep things um, in proper perspective. I think I said that two or three times. I'm getting tripped up on proper perspective. But it is proper perspective. So if you have a lot of pain that you're dealing with, in eternity pain will end. There's an end for the pain that you may be facing here today. If there's a lack of joy in your life, there's an end to that. There's endless joy in heaven. And so there's a wellspring of joy eternally. If your body is broken, there are some people that I'm in the nursing field, I've seen people that have had their bodies broken for all of their life. 
those people will have a new body, an eternal body. It will no longer be broken. That will come to an end in eternity and in heaven. And we have the hope of heaven. Heaven is filled with hope. Hope will spring eternal always in heaven. And so when we think of eternity, we think about what we're facing now, right now here and today. We have the hope of all of these things having a change. All of these things having a heavenly perspective. All of these things having an end that are negative. The things that are good that go away from us, they'll be given to us eternally. And that's something to look forward to. So there's so many things I could jump into with heaven. Um, I picked out four aspects of heaven that I'm going to jump into. If you're somebody that likes to change the channels and switch the channels, this is your day because I'm going to jump from like four different topics. Um, in fact, I could probably made four messages out of this, um, but I just kind of give you a snippet of each topic. And why I did that is because I, I think it's good stuff, but I also want to spark your, your interest. One of my goals today is that you go out here, out of here inspired, but you also go out of here wanting to learn more about some aspect of eternity. And so we're just going to scratch the surface today. Um, by no means are, am I going to develop all of this the way I, that, that I would love to, but I really want you to develop it for yourself. Um, the fourth aspects I'm going to talk about are the benefits of heaven. Um, the second one is as it is in heaven, which I'll subtitle the realities of heaven. The third topic is as it could be in heaven, which I'll subtitle possibilities. And the fourth thing is living the real life or living for the real life. And I'll subtitle that our response. So um, we'll jump right in there talking about the benefits of, the, of heaven. Again, there are so many. I, I could not list them all. I, I prayed about the three that I, I felt like I would talk about, so I'm just going to share those three with you today. And the first thing I want to share with you is your purpose in relation to, to the benefits of heaven. The scripture says in 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17, says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. The lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Now I share that scripture concerning your eternal purpose because the, this scripture tells us that whoever does the will of God abides forever. So ultimately, your main purpose is to do the will of God. Now, with that being said, most of us want to know, well, what does that mean for me? What does that look like individually for me? Um, what that looks like for you is as you live out your purpose fulfilling God's will, there's an individuality that God has given every person here. He's wired us all differently, and so we fulfill God's will in individual, unique ways. It comes across because we're all different. An example of that would be like this. Um, we know that it's God's will to love, protect, and nurture innocent people. Um, he has many other things in his will, but let's just, let's just pick out those three. Okay, so individually what that might look like for you, if you were wired to be really drawn to those three aspects of God's will, you might become a teacher that likes detective shows, that has a fondness for the elderly and visits um, nursing homes. Um, that might be how that uniqueness would play out in you individually as you're filling, fulfilling God's will. That's going to look different for every person. 
Why do I bring that up in, concern, in, in relation to eternity? Because your individual purpose is being refined as you prepare to be you for eternity. It will continue refinement. I want you to understand that what you're becoming here in this realm is going to continue in the heavenly realm. Um, we, we don't just stop when we get to heaven. We don't just stop, get, get on a cloud, and be given a harp. When we get to heaven, we are going to be more us and even more defined. So if you were nurturing and God gave you that gift, you're going to be more nurturing in heaven. Um, and that's going to continue. Your personality, what God has given you, is going to continue to develop all over uh, that span where there is no time. And so that's why I bring that up. It's kind of cool to me to think that the areas that I want to be better at, you know, when I die, it doesn't stop. I get to continue on. I get to continue to try to be fulfill the, God's will in those ways as I go on. Um, it says in Isaiah 43, 7, Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. The scripture is there just to remind you that your, your individual story is eternal. Um, it's for all time. It's ageless. We, we often look at our lives and people's lives determined on a time frame between a tombstone, start and end date. That's not. Every life is made eternally for eternal um, purposes of God. And God takes ownership over you in this. And that's a good thing. Um, our benefits of heaven in relation to identity... Um, great scripture to study out that you can take and even break this down further after today is Col Colossians 3, 1 through 4. It says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. You have a real life beyond what you're living here that's tied to the realities of heaven. And that's an amazing mystery. It's an amazing thing to unlock. We're not going to unlock all of what that means here today or even in our lifetime here. But we will unlock it in eternity, and it's something to look forward to. Now, this scripture um, also is pointing to the fact that we're not, our real life that God has given us for eternity is not really bound by time. Um, that's an amazing thing. As I get older, and I think a lot of other older people in here would identify with this, the fact that we don't feel any older on the inside. Now, I feel older in my body. I feel it when I get up. I feel it when I'm standing too long, all of these things. But the inside of me still feels like it's 18 years old. And that's because your soul is eternal. It's never supposed to be meant to be bound by time. We are given a time frame to live in these bodies, but these bodies are going to be made eternal where they will not die. And so that's why your soul feels like it's young. It's never meant to be bound by any constraint of time. Um, but our bodies are, so that, that's why we kind of feel that way. This scripture points out to us that our real life is tied to the realities of heaven. There are many realities of heaven. Some I'll give you um, eternal life. We're tied to living forever. Joy is a reality of heaven. We have endless joy in heaven. Peace is a reality of heaven. We have endless peace in heaven. Royalty is part of our, um, what God has given us in heaven. We're called citizens of, of a different kingdom. We're called God's children. We are royalty. 
I don't know what it's going to be like to live like royalty, but that's how we live with God for eternity. These are realities that are tied to us. And when we think of our identity, it's helpful to think of things in that perspective. You may be down and out right now. You may be going through things that you wish you weren't going through. But at the end of the day, if you are faithful to trust God throughout your life, you're you're going into royalty. You're going into a kingdom um, where you are blessed and your family is amazing. And so this is something to look forward to, even on your worst day. Um, if the worst thing in the world happened and I was locked up in jail for whatever reason for years and years, um, hopefully I was framed and I didn't actually do it to get locked in jail. But, you know, if I'm in there, nobody can stop me from thinking of these things and knowing the truth of these things and still having joy even in the worst circumstance for the rest of the time this body has to live. Amen? And so these are things that are going to bring you hope. And when you think of eternity, and uh, if you've never really studied this out and thought about these things, um, man, I'm telling you, it, it will bring you great joy. Um, speaking of hope, Revelations 21, 2 through 4 says this, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from, the, from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the, son, the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. This is one of the most inspirational scriptures in the Bible. All of these things are gone forever for us. Now, I don't know how to make sense of that. Um, And I don't think I'm supposed to. I can't explain everything about the mysteries of God. But something about being in the presence of God up front and close like that, the joy we get from that, the peace we get from that is going to be so powerful. It's just there's not going to be any room for any sorrow. Um, We're not going to be able to even even go there because the joy will be so great to be in his presence. And, and that's something to look forward to because, again, these things are temporal. These things um, that we go through emotionally, crying, sorrow, all these things, they're temporal. They only have a time period. That time period is over when we get to heaven. It's outlasted. And so this is something to look forward to. Whatever you face, and some of us have to, are going to have to face things that... Um, we never thought we would get through, but there is an end to it. There is a morning on the other side of those things. And so let's, let's look to this scripture and look to heaven for hope in that. Um, heaven is the epilogue and segue into the never-ending story. So I, I think that's cool to look at it that way. When I get to heaven, that's kind of going to be that part of the book that's like the epilogue said, and, you know, and this happened and that happened. You know, all the loose ends are tied up with my physical life. But then it segues into the never-ending story. Like, um, God knows the things I like and the things that I'm wired to do. It just segues into that for an eternity. And we'll get into some of that, what that may look like, but I'm excited for that. You should be excited for that. You you. You have a never-ending story that, that is yet to be written and is being written. Um, I'll, I'll go to topic number two. I told you I'm going to switch the channel, so I'm switching channels from that. And we're going to go to As It Is in Heaven, More Realities is the subtitle. So what heaven is like, we, we see in 1 John 
It says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and that darkness can never extinguish it. So we, th- we see that in heaven right now, all things honor Jesus in purity because they were created through Him and for Him. So everything in heaven is pure, it honors Jesus, and good reigns endlessly. That's a good thing. That settles my heart to know that I don't have to deal with um, paying ADT anymore to protect my house. I don't have to worry about sickness coming on someone that I love. I don't have to worry about that. Everything in heaven is perfectly established, never to be removed, because God, the, the one who lives there, Jesus Christ, created it and set it all in order, and it remains in order to this day. We sometimes forget that because our lives in this realm are chaos, because we still live in a world where there's sin and there's free will and people can make choices, so there's all kinds of chaos. That doesn't mean that God doesn't go with us. He doesn't bless us and help us through those things. He does, but... When all things are said and done, there'll be no more of that because all things are established in his kingdom. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this, so, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our eyes on, and gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Again, all things in heaven are eternal. All things are solid and dependable. Now, we on the earth are to mimic heaven as the perfect design. Um, we see this in the Lord's Prayer. We, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're supposed to live our lives out as if we are citizens of heaven because we are, and we live, we live it that way. We bring, we bring heaven's um, customs and truths to, to this earth wherever we go. Um, this helps bring heaven's atmosphere to earth and honors God. So we know that joy is eternal in heaven. So when I go into work um, Monday morning and I bring joy into that room by a choice, I choose to bring it in there. I'm bringing a part of heaven into that atmosphere to help people feel better about their day. That's God's will. And that's how we bring heaven's atmosphere to earth. Uh, Many other ways we could explain that out, but our customs are from a different kingdom. We're from a kingdom that is noble that is truthful, that doesn't lie, that good reigns endlessly, and there's peace, joy, and love. That's our kingdom. That's where we come from. That's where we're going. That's what we try to bring to the people around us um, that don't know God in that way. And so we're to mimic as it is in heaven on earth. Luke 4 18 through 19 says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And this is Jesus. He was reading this out of the Scripture, and he was speaking of himself. The Spirit is of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So, why? Why did Jesus say he he's came to do all of those things. Because the reason is that there are there's good news in heaven, there's freedom in heaven, there's wholeness in heaven, and there's favor in heaven. And Jesus's mission was to bring heaven to earth, and he sought to bring people to heaven. So his whole mission, bring these things to earth and bring people to heaven, some type of connection that people would end up with him for eternity, 
But he was going to bring parts of that eternity here now when he walked the earth. He brought that in a physical way when he walked the earth. Now, our job is to be like Jesus. We're supposed to be bringing freedom to people, recovery of sight. We're supposed to be helping people get free of oppression because that's what's in heaven and that's what Jesus did. At the same time, we're trying to get people into heaven by showing them the love of God, telling them about Jesus, and giving them the opportunity to know Him for themselves. Romans fourteen seventeen says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Again, these are all things we carry with us wherever we go, onto our job, to our family, Wherever we're going, we're carrying these things inside of us by the Holy Spirit, and these are aspects of the kingdom of heaven that we bring to earth to encourage people. Um, so as, as you think about that, just think about you're an emissary wherever you go. You're an emissary of the kingdom that you belong to. Switching channels. Number three, um, as it could be in heaven... Um, this is probably my favorite little section of what I'm trying to do today um, because it has a lot of imagination in it, and I, I just love to use my imagination. The things I'm going to share with you now, these are not facts. They're just probabilities, I believe. I believe them. I believe they're probabilities, but don't, don't, don't say that Phil came up here today and said this is 100% fact. I'm not trying to, to do that. I'm just telling you this is kind of my thoughts on it. So, the po- if the possibilities of heaven are endless, and we know that they are, we also know this, that God's an artist, He's an author, He's a builder, He's all of those things. And I would submit to you, what author, artist, or creator ever wants to stop? Do you ever see that? Do you ever see somebody at the top of their game artistically in Hollywood that wants to stop? Betty White is 96 years old. And she's still going, and she's like, I'm not stopping. I read that the other day. Like, nobody wants to stop. You know why? Because that's built into them from the personality of God. God, I don't believe God ever intends to stop creating. I don't believe he intends to stop painting, authoring, all of those things. Um, He's never going to stop those things, in my opinion. And so, this gives us some... A perspective when we're thinking about eternity and what may be uh, before us in heaven. Um, there have been many people that have witnessed heaven in, in different ways, um, near-death experiences, dreams, things like that. Again, I can't prove any of these people out, um, but I do believe some of them are real. I do believe some of them are true. We, we, we're not going to be able to prove that out completely other than whatever witness God gives us by the Holy Spirit Um, right here and if it matches up with scripture or it doesn't contradict scripture but I will say this um, a multitude of witnesses is evidence now whether that wins the case or not that that's a different story but this is kind of some of the perspective that Lee Strobel uses in the book case for Christ said the apostles the 12 apostles they all died uh, martyred killed except John who was tormented basically and put in prison but none of them ever backtracked on what they said they saw. They said they saw Jesus raised from the dead. He was the Son of God. They lost their lives. They lost their fortunes. They lost everything. And that goes against human nature. People just don't do that for no reason. 
unless they're insane. And the probabilities of 12 people being insane to that degree is, is pretty phenomenal. So anyway, I, I'm just kind of using the same logic here. If all of these people have seen these things, it is evidence. Now, you, are you going to be able to discredit some if you put them in court? Probably so, but there are some that are not going to be discredited, and, and we have to enter it as evidence. Um, just pointing that out there. Um, Colton Burpo, he's, he's one that a lot of people have heard his story before. He, the book Heaven is for Real, the movie Heaven is for Real, he gives some accounts of the things that he saw. And a lot of the things that he saw, I've heard from other accounts of people that have said that they've had different encounters with heaven too. But he said he talked about the callers in heaven that are so much brighter than we can even experience on the earth. We look at a blade of grass that we're looking at that, you know, not in technicolor. In heaven, that blade of grass is absolutely greener than you can ever see. This is what he's reporting. Other people, I've heard the same thing. The sky is bluer than you would ever think. The collars there are so vibrant, you can't even explain them. I've heard that from other people too. Now, he also said this, which I think is really cool. He said that people are given the choice whether they want wings when they go into heaven or not wings. Now, before you laugh at that or think, wow, that's just so silly. The Bible says that Jesus, when he left this earth after he was raised again, went up into the air and the sky into the clouds. Like he literally supermaned up into the air. That's what it says. It says he literally supermaned up into the air and went into the clouds. So whether he had wings or not, he was defying gravity. Now, why is that so hard to think about for a supernatural God who created everything, who created gravity? That's nothing for him. So um, whether you get wings or you don't, um, I think it's going to be really cool if we get a fly, and I think we're going to get to be able to fly, honestly, because um, just knowing the character of God, and this is another, when you want to know who God is, read the whole story. Look at God all throughout the whole Bible. Look at the choices he's made. For instance, let's say you want to know about love. Look at all the scriptures all the way through there and look at every instance of love where God had to say something or do something, and you'll get a picture of his personality. You can do the same thing with people. You can watch their choices, and you're, you're going to get a, um, a little bit of clarity of their personality. And so I know that God is a good, awesome father, and I know how hard it is for me not to give a good gift to my kids when they ask for it. As long as it's not going to hurt them and I have the ability to do it, I'm like, yeah, I want to give you this um, if I can. And so I just don't see why God ain't going to let us fly in heaven. And I know I ain't the only one that's asked about that. There's probably been, it's probably like the millionth guy to get there. And he's like, yes, yeah, come on, you can fly. So anyway, he said that another really cool thing he talked about was he talked about meeting his sister. He didn't even know he had a sister. Colton um, had a sister that had a, uh, the mom had a miscarriage, and he never even knew. So when he goes back and tells his mom about this girl he met that said it was his sister, then they were blown away because they never told him about this. But the cool thing that, that, and I believe this is exactly how it is. Again, I can't prove it, but I do believe this. And this gives us hope for abortions and babies that, that were killed. We often think that those kids, I, I don't know why we do this. I guess because we're so bound by looking at things in this finite realm. We look at it like, okay, oh, that's so tragic. Their life was ended. Yeah, that is tragic. Their life was ended. But their life really wasn't ended in eternity. They still do exist. They still do have lives. Those kids that were, were killed in abortion, they have a life. 
God didn't create them to spend two, you know, one month in somebody's womb and never be heard from again. They, ha- they were given an existence, and they continue on in that existence even now. And that's going to blow us away. And this is kind of what, what Colton experienced from his story. He talked about meeting his sister, and she was growing up in heaven. Think about that. Think about how many people on this earth wish they could have kids, and for whatever reason, they, w- they weren't blessed to be able to have kids. There's probably thousands of people in heaven raising kids, being, being a father, being a grandfather, being that to, to children in heaven, um, which is amazing comfort to me to think, because it's so tragic to hear about children dying, but on the other side of that, when I think about this aspect of it, it does add some peace, some relief when you hear about that. So these are, these are things that, that are probabilities in heaven that I want you to think about and, and ask yourself, why couldn't it be that way? Try, you know, be objective about it. Say, you know, I, I hear what Phil's saying. Could this be? Could it not be? Why or why not? L- look these things out for yourself. But um, I think you'll be inspired when you do. Um, stories. Uh, stories are amazing to me. I love stories. I love mo- movies. But you know what? There's nothing new under the sun. The Bible says that all pure inspiration comes from God. So I think in good stories, that inspiration for that really comes from God. I like uh, um, fantasy stuff. So Tolkien and and, uh, C.S. Lewis, their their real inspiration for Narnia and for Middle Earth came from God at at the basis of that. Now, they had something to do with that. He used their personality, but really, all, all good ideas come from God. If you go to me with me to one of these uh, nerd festivals that I go to, where there's games and stuff everywhere, you'll find there's a core, varia- there's, there's a, a core story in everything. It's, it's always good versus evil in some capacity, and it's always, you know, oh my gosh, there's so many variations of orcs and elves and everything else, all told in a different way, in a different story, or whatever it is you like, you know, Western stuff like me or stuff like that. It's all there, but it's all the same story. Why is that? That's because it really was inspired by God in some way, if it is pure, that, that story. The other thing that might blow your mind, what if there is an actual Middle Earth? What if there is an actual Narnia? Again, I don't know, but why couldn't there be? You know, could these people have been given, you know, inspiration from God of some realm that God's already created? Maybe. It's, it's in the possibility of what God can do. Um, if there's not, again, I'll be the, the, the millionth guy to get there and say, Jesus, where's Narnia? I'm, I'm ready to go. I, w- I want to see this. I want to go to Middle Earth. I want to go walk these things out because it was so brilliant in, like, man form, just in movie form. I want to see something like that for real. Can you do that? And, and you know, and I, I'm sure Jesus, you know, it would be nothing for him to do that. So just think about that. Could be. Um, what about planets? They say the universe is still expanding. What could God need these for? We wouldn't even know that if we didn't have fancy telescopes and things to tell us. How would we even know that he's still even expanding it until we got to technology today? But all of that stuff is still going. Why does God need millions and millions of planets? I don't know. But the probabilities to me are that he probably being, like I said, an author created someone, the author of love, needs outlets to give his love to, it's not beyond the realm of possibility for me that he's going to put people on those other planets someday. I can't prove it, but I, to me, why wouldn't he? 
because then he could show his love in, in more ways, and we're going to rule and reign with him for eternity. We could very well be in that stuff, you know, going to a different place, a different realm, helping people in God's name. Um, because, we're, again, we're not sitting there on a cloud playing a harp. We're going to be more of who we are today, and we're going to do more and amazing things than we could even dream in eternity. I just want you to use your imagination, ask your own questions on these things, but um, it's pretty, pretty inspiring to me. Pets, I'm just bringing up pets real quick because we know we have a lot of pet lovers, and this is a, um, people argue about this, about heaven. If you're really interested in heaven, there's a book called Heaven by Randy Alcorn. Let me know. I'll remind you what that is. It's amazing. It goes over. It's very, very thick, so you might want to read it over a period of time. Don't think you're going to read it from start to finish, but it goes over every topic. It gives uh, lots of scriptures to point out different beliefs, but uh, pets are one thing mentioned in that book, and I believe Randy's right. He talks about that there absolutely will be pets in heaven. He gives a lot more evidence than I'm going to give today, but one scripture is in the Old Testament. Um, saying that the lion will lay down with the lamb in the new kingdom. Um, there's, there's no carnality for them to fight, so that's one evidence I'll give you. The other evidence is why would God um, even bother with the ark if he didn't care about that creation? He literally went and got um, animals for the ark when, when he was going to send the flood. So God clearly has a high regard for animals. Um, and again, I go back to his character. His character is a good father. I just can't see him. Not, not reuniting us with a pet that we loved in heaven. It doesn't make any sense to his character. Sometimes we make God way more religious than he is. It's like, how, how silly would that be? You know, to stay, and, and again, I'm not speaking for him. If God has a re, good reason, he'll tell us and we'll be cool with that. But how silly, you know. Oh, no, I, I made a rule that there's no, no pets here. I mean, it, it makes no sense, at least in my mind right now. Um, I, won't, I won't speak for God, but... Again, looking at his character, it doesn't really fit with his character that I could tell. Um, Revelation 22, 1 through 2, says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as a crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these, that scripture and the next one. But I just want write that down if you want to study that out, because these two scriptures are very fascinating to me. Um, the scripture I just read you and the scripture I'm going to read you, this is when we're with God and the new earth, and heaven has came to earth. And so there's God on his throne, river of life. We're all a part of this in heaven at that time. Who are the, peop who are the people that know? Who, who needs these leaves for the healing of nations? I don't know the answer to that. But to me, it just makes my wheels turn like, what, what's God doing? What's God doing in eternity? Who are these people? You know, there is life going on. There's this whole big story to be told that we, we do not even grasp the, the smallest part of yet. So it's just something to think about. Um, and then Revelation 14, 15, in the same chapter, goes on. It says, Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, and the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves to practice falsehood. Again, this is in the same part. This is in the new kingdom. This is in heaven. This is after God has already um, returned to earth, and, and his kingdom is on this earth. I don't know who these people are that are outside of the gates. It's, it's always been a mystery to me. 
Um, just something to think about and, and to remind us that, again, there's a whole eternity of story that God is writing that, that we're going to live out and under, find out about and understand, and it's something to look forward to. Um, if you like mysteries, this should just be really exciting to you. Like, there's so much that God is going to reveal to you. Um, and again, if I'm right, and God does choose to create other life forms at some point um, after this, this life and, and do that, if God does that someday, and he also does it the same way he did with us and gives those people free will, then those people are going to have the right to choose whether they love God or not love God, and that always causes conflict. Um, that's why we have so much conflict in our um, earth today is because people have free will to choose right or wrong, whether to follow God or whether not to follow God. Um, the same thing would happen. Um, I often wonder if this is why we, you know, we're just, we live lives of conflict. We see conflict all the time. It, perhaps we're going to see it in that capacity um, on the other side too. Um, if God gives more people free will, it may be. It may be we participate um, like angels do in helping. I don't know. Um, something just to, to imagine that, uh, as a possibility. Um, fourth thing, and I'm going to go quickly through this because I've, I'm trying really hard to stay within my time frame today. Um, but these next things I'm going to read to you, I'm not going to really expound on a whole lot. These are a lot more of statements that I just had kind of at the, at the end um, that I wanted to give to you. And this, this last part is called living for the real life. So um, this life is prep for, your, for the story to begin. Remember, your story is eternal. It has a beginning but no end. I think that's very important to remember. Um, you're going to mess up in this life. You're going to make mistakes, but your life is eternal. So there's opportunity to grow, and there's an opportunity to continue on and to be even more of what you may not be now um, and, and to experience more of God's grace, his goodness, and become even more like him. Um, this story is, is really such a small part of your eternal story, um, this little tiny time you live in this body. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. I read you this scripture because I want to encourage you to put everything through the scope of eternity in heaven. Put, your, put everything in your life through that. Everything has a ripple effect. Um, and, it, and, it all, and there will be things in heaven that were affected by your choices on this earth. Um, choices have eternal consequences. Um, I spent four days last week with Buckeye Honda. And um, I didn't want to spend four days with Buckeye Honda, but my van had issues, so I spent four days with them. And what was really interesting was I got to become friends with several people there. I got to spend time with them as they drove me to work. And uh, God has done that with me. I, like, I, I have this whole deal with Buckeye Honda. Like, there's so many people I've met down there and talked to. So when my van's giving me issues now or whatever, I don't get bent out of shape about it. It's like, you know, I'm, I got somebody needs me to talk to them down there at Buckeye Honda, I guess. So that's what I do. It has eternal consequences. That's how we have to look at things. 
Um, Revelation 14, 13 says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Right blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Again, your works and your impact live on. Um, one, one you know, example we could throw out there. What if you gave, and there's probably way better examples than this, but this is all I could think of. But let's say you gave $10 to Billy Graham at the start of his ministry. Okay, that $10 is kind of like a stock with a percentage on it. You will have had stock and percentage in what he was doing um, in the eternity of thousands upon thousands of people um, through what he did, just with that small little offering that you may have done there. And it even goes on. Even after his death, the ministry that he started, that he does, it goes on. What you put down in the beginning goes on. And I think that's important to remember in every decision you make. It's going to have eternal ripple consequences for good if you're doing good. And that goes back even in the tithing. That's, I always think about that when I'm tithing. Whatever I give in that, into that, I don't know how many people's lives that's going to affect. There, there might be $20 I gave one day that someday I'm going to find out that affected thousands of people's lives because it all has a ripple effect on it. And it all works like stocks. If you, if you have a even a little tiny percentage in a, in a stock that is really big, you're going to continue to get um, dividend from that year in and year out. Um, Rick Warren says, this life is preparation for the next life in heaven. God says, this is a test. I'm testing you to see what you will do with what you've been given on earth. Based on that, I will determine what I give you to do in heaven for eternity. I think that's a really good statement, but I also, I would add to that, that there is more and more grace in heaven for more. So even if you feel like you didn't accomplish what you, everything you want to accomplish here, you got a whole eternity to continue to accomplish things with God which is, is really exciting to think about. A um, couple more statements as I conclude. There is more. Um, there is more time to be better people. Uh, in heaven, our wisdom will increase. Um, as we are with God, we're going to continually be learning. I think there's a false uh, perception that we plateau when we get to heaven. We don't. We continue to, to learn. One, one uh, statement in Revelations, I'm not... I don't even have the verse down here, but there, there's a, a statement in Revelations where there are martyrs that have been killed for the Lord, and they ask the Lord a question. They say, how long, O Lord, until you avenge us? I only bring that up to show you two things. Number one, they know things. They know who they are. They know what happened to them, and they know that, that God has not done the final um, vengeance on that. And so they know all of this, and so they're learning but the second part of that, I bring that up, is because they still don't know when God's going to do it. So they're still learning. They're asking God a question in that particular portion of Scripture. And, and in heaven, it's going to be like that. We're going to be talking to God. We're going to be learning things. We're going to know who we are. We're going to know things, but we're going to continue to, know, to learn things. There's time to explore, more time to explore in heaven. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, I has not seen nor, nor ear heard nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I'm so excited to explore things out um, that I'm going to see when I get to heaven. Um, it's kind of like when you go on vacation or somewhere exciting, you get somewhere and you're like, oh, I want to see what's in that restaurant. I want to see this, this, and this. I want to see that site. I want to see this over here that somebody talked about. We've got an eternity to do that, those things. In heaven, there's more time to make things right. Um, 
You may have been a, there may have been somebody on this earth that was a murderer that may become a great healer type person in heaven. Um, and there's time for that. Not that we not that we make up for our sins like some type of purgatory, but there is time to become something different. And oftentimes when people fail in life, places where they have their, their biggest failures are often tied to their um, destiny. You know, we see oftentimes people that get into perverseness, really God had, had destined them to be someone who was a protector of innocent people. Um, and the devil just takes and twists their destinies. But there's time to be something else. Um, even in the story of Narnia, Edmund was called Edmund the Just. If he had a name before that, he'd be Edmund the Shady. You know, he just was shady before, but then he was just by the time he, got, he would, grew up. Um, my friend told me the other day that, that even Jeffrey Dahmer said he gave his life to the Lord before he died. I don't know if he really did, but if he did um, and it's real, then he'll be in heaven and he'll have an eternity there, and he will probably be somebody who protects innocent people, the exact opposite of what he did when he was here. Um, there'll be time to worship in heaven. God's presence will be a magnetic draw of joy and love all the time. Time to worship. Time to enjoy all of God's goodness. Zechariah 8, 5 says, And the streets of the city will be filled with boys and girls at play. Um, how cool will that be, just to have time to play and, and be excited? One of my favorite days of the year is... Is Thanksgiving and Christmas because I just get to sit there with my family and look at fantasy football and eat turkey and just sit there and enjoy things. There's going to be time to do that in heaven. Um, time for what you love. You know, for me, I like Western stuff. I like hobbits. I like flying. But I love it because God gave me eyes to see the beauty in it, okay? Whatever you love, God gave you eyes to see the beauty of it. My daughter loves animals. God gave her eyes to see the beauty in animals. And so whatever you love, you're going to get to see more of it in some capacity because God ultimately was the one who gave you the desire to love it and to see how beautiful it is. So I can't wait for that. I want to see some of the, more of the things that I love. Um, in conclusion, I just have, I have four statements. I know I've given you a lot today. This is kind of a weird message to give because I'm not really asking for a closing point. I'm just trying to give you a lot of information to inspire you, so hopefully something in there has, has touched you and, and will inspire you to pray about these things, to, to use your imagination to think about what eternity is going to look like because it, it, it will encourage you. But I'll end with these four statements, and um, they're just statements I thought were really good that, that God had given me. Um, first one is, Heavenly perspective will counter disappointment. Nothing in this life can compare to the heavenly version. We have the heavenly version as our ultimate gift. Remember that God is never in a hurry, but He is always on time. He will use your entire lifetime to prepare you for a role in eternity. God has each of us on a journey through eternity. From day one, it was always meant to be forever. We may change location, but life goes on. And lastly, when you understand eternity, there's always another sunrise and there's always another morning on the horizon. This life, things are temporal. Things change all the time. In heaven, it's settled. They, they don't change. The good things that God has for us do not change. And, and we get to enjoy them forever with Him. Um, 
The next thing I want to do is I just want to pray with you just a small, quick prayer. And then I'm going to play a song. And what this song is meant to do, it's not, this song isn't even really that tied to heaven to me. Um, but the reason why I picked this song is when I listen to it, I can close my eyes and I feel a lot of peace from it. I feel the peace of heaven on it. And so what I'd like for you to do as this song plays it, in closing, um, after that I'm just going to say a prayer. But basically I just want you to close your eyes and think about eternity. Um, ask God you know, to show you more of what that looks like. Ask Him, you know, to help you remember something that might have encouraged you today. Just, I just want to take that time to close our eyes and just kind of process some of the things God may be saying to us this morning. So, Father, I pray as this song's played that that's what will happen, that we'll be able to process some of these things that we've heard for good, that you would inspire us to to know what you have in store for us, and that's good, that you're a good father. You never give bad gifts. That is good. Lord, for those that this message might be hard for because there's still lots of questions that are not answered or maybe things that they, they don't understand, I pray that you would be the one who answers them. I certainly don't know it all, but I know that your word says that if I ask, seek, and knock, that you open things up, Lord, and I know that you'll do that for any of your children that are hurting if they will only ask you and um, continue to ask you with uh, patience and, and wait upon you to give the answer that you'll heal that hurt and you'll give them some form of an answer that they need. So, Lord, I pray that this morning that that will happen and that your peace will be felt as this song plays and that um, the joy of eternity would just be um, bursting in our hearts and would remain with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.